Welcome to Making Ships. We believe that manufacturing is challenging, but if you are connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and grow your business. I'm your host, Jim Carr, and I'm joined in the studio with my good friend and co-host, Mr. Jason J.Z. Zanger. How you doing? I'm doing great, Jim. How are you? Good. How does it feel to be in Washington, D.C. this morning? It's great. And just to be technical, since we're going to be talking about standards and you know just really precise things today, we're in Virginia. Oh, you're right. We are in Virginia. Yeah, we're on the other side of the river. On the other side of the river. Yeah, yeah. Washington, D.C. is a pretty small location, and there's a lot of government going on in Washington, D.C., and not a lot else. So we are here at well, the AMT, AMT headquarters yeah. in Virginia. Yeah. And our good friend here at AMT, IMTS, wanted us to come here, particularly to interview Doug Woods, their president, because he could not get to Chicago to get to our studio. And uh, so we thought, well, let's just have a party here and let's interview some of their top leaders here at AMT. And the gentleman that's in our studio today is one that's yeah, been a, a good friend, friend of ours of, yeah, for, for a long years. time. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We happened to meet up with him pre-IMTS 2016. Yep. I think we had one or two beers that night, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, was fun. You did. You had a few. I had a few. And you know, I think this is going to be an interesting topic today, especially for the manufacturing leaders out here that if you don't get on board with what we're going to be discussing today, you're going to be in big trouble in the future. Be quite honest. That's what they say. Am I scared? That's not what Jason's saying. That's what they say. That's what they say. They. Yeah, they. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. We're going to break it all down. Hopefully, we're going to give you some good information. So we're playing it old school today. We're going back to the 80s and playing an old school dance party. We're not doing our new restructured one-on-one interview. Jason and I are both going to be interviewing this gentleman, and we hope you like it. So, so I'm going to have uh, to fight with Jim to get some words out during the interview. Absolutely. That was actually the whole premise of changing this around is just so I can <laughs> oh, there was know, a motive behind shut Jim man. up a little bit during the episode. <laughs> so Jason, I know you like acronyms. What does IoT mean to you? Internet of Things. Oh, you thought you were going to stump me there, didn't you? I thought I was going to. Well, you just looked at the. (laughs) No, I didn't. I just know what that is. I'm not. You know. You know. I wasn't born yesterday. I know. So that's kind of a segue into what we're going to be talking about today with Russ Waddell. I also know about that more because our friends over at M-Hub, you know, they're a manufacturing hub, but they also, a lot of the products that they work on are associated with the Internet of Things. That's one of their focuses. Right. Well, it's all about the Internet of Things and it's all about technology and, and getting your shop up to speed and doing things lightning fast and recording data and everything else. So I'm really excited to get going with this interview. But before we kick it off, one thing we always do on Making Chips is we talk about what's new in our business. So Jason... What's new at Zanger's Industrial? So one of the things that's new that I'm really excited about, so I'm a I'm a leader by heart, but I started out as a salesperson. And I think that that's, you know, like part of a core of who I am. And the sales environment, not only at Zanger's, not only in selling of tooling has changed, but in every sales environment has changed. And the biggest change has been just an access of information, which was really brought on by the internet. And we are going to be changing our sales model significantly 
in order to make sure that we stay ahead of the game as it relates to the expectations of our customers. And so I'm really excited about some of these changes because we're making some of these changes fast and furious and it's going to be it's going to be really good. So the old school model of what my COO and I kind of discuss once in a while, I call it the rugged individualist, which I got from a gentleman named Dan Sullivan, but my COO calls him the gunslinger cowboy salesman. And those days of the gunslinger cowboy are pretty much over. And I would agree with that. And we need to move into a new sales model. So I'm excited about that. Even though we're going back old school today with this interview style, you cannot run your business old school. No, you, you definitely cannot. gotta go new school. You got it. Well, that's great. And I know you share with us. We can explore this a little bit more oh, in the I, future I, too. I definitely think we should talk about it more because it's really relevant information. And if we're not adapting to new ways, we're just gonna slowly go away. Yep. And we're gonna get caught up in it. So but I have some manufacturing news that I thought that was really kind of, it's a short one because I want to get in with this interview. But, you know, I was looking through uh, my news articles the other day and I saw that the Wall Street Journal is looking for a manufacturing reporter. Wow. I know two guys named Jim and Jason that, you know. I know. <laughs> I know. So this is my new, so I thought, well, maybe we can get a part-time job. Maybe we should apply. Maybe we let, need a part-time let me, job. Let me read this job description. The Wall Street Journal is looking for an industrious, resourceful reporter to cover one of the most essential of business beats. Wow. Manufacturing. Wow. This job involves taking readers inside some of the biggest American businesses and the economic and technological forces that are reshaping how they make things from the rise of robots to changes in education to the development of China's economy. The position is focused on the U.S. where manufacturing still accounts for 12% of U.S. economic output and employs about one in 12 workers. But it requires a global mindset as well as a talent for identifying themes and insights across a large and varied corporate landscape. That's great. And I hope that there's somebody listening out there that really can say, wow, that might be me. Think we should send them our resume? I think we should. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that I would correct the Wall Street Journal on this is don't just focus on the large manufacturing company because a lot of the innovation is coming out of the small manufacturing companies and medium-sized manufacturing companies. And the grittiness that comes from really innovating and getting the job done comes from like Car Machine and Tool or other manufacturing clients that we deal with. So don't just focus. I mean, Focusing on the large guy is easy. Don't play the easy card, you know? Well, I understand why they are focusing on the larger guys, but that's okay. But you're absolutely right, Jason. The small manufacturers make up a significantly more cumulative amount oh, of yeah. laborers and GDP than probably a few of the big boys. Yeah, and, and that's where the innovation is coming from. Totally agree. But anyway, I thought that was great. I thought yeah, it would, no, I that's thought a it would give you a little job. laugh. So Good can stuff. I introduce Russ? Can we get on with the show? Let's do it. Jason, IMTS coming up just in a few months. I mean, yeah. literally, but by the time this is aired, it's going to be like weeks away. Yes. Tell me a little bit about what is going to be happening in the infamous West Building of McCormick Place. Well, the West Building is where I spend most of my time. Why is that? Well, that's where all the tooling and work is. Oh, yeah. Is. So yeah. that's where, you know, that's my thing. And so that's where I'm going to be that's walking your baby. around. That's my baby. Yeah. Who's going to be there? Do you know? Everybody. Everybody? From A to Z. From A to Z. From A to Zenger. All right. 
I get it. Additive manufacturing, another big thing. Yeah. Actually, it's not new technology anymore. It's kind of old. But, you know, we just talked to Peter Eelman today on the phone, and he was telling us that there's a new thing called new additive manufacturing. It's mainstreaming now. It is. It's going to be well represented in the West building and in that particular so go to ips.com to register and find out when's the early bird pricing until august 10th all right we have in the studio with us russ waddell who is the managing director of the mt connect institute mt connect is part of amt the association for manufacturing technology and what the mt connect institute does is that it develops the standards for mt connect and we're going to get into exactly what mt connect is but essentially mt connect is what you would call an open or royalty free open standard for machine communication And it was developed for the factory floor. So how do we get data from the factory floor and utilize that data? Russ handles the day-to-day operations of the Institute, the MT Connect Institute, and he contributes to new versions of the standard via 200 company technical advisory group and a six-person technical steering committee. So he's got 200 people that are telling him how he should be developing the new MT Connect. Russ, that's a lot of people telling you what to do. I prefer that they do almost all of the work, and I, <laughs> my job is often referred to as herding cats, so most nice. of what the operational piece of my work is, is making sure that the industry has a forum and a space where they can get into the, the deep technical stuff. So. Yeah, so Russ, well, I first want to say welcome to the show, yeah, because the show. You know, you've been alongside Jim and I from really the very beginning, cheering us on, and we really do appreciate that support, and it's great to finally have you here. I mean, MT can is like such a huge thing in the manufacturing industry and you're the man we do genuinely appreciate all your support you've given making chips and jim and jason for the last few years now and great feedback and good stuff yeah well it's great to finally be on and i think you know the thing that turned me on to making chips was just the fact that there was a high quality well-produced well thought out well-planned podcast that was actually dedicated to the manufacturing space as opposed to you know a couple of the predecessors were kind of came across more like an afterthought whereas as making chips was sort of carefully planned out from the beginning. So it was something that was much needed in the industry. And I think you guys have done a great job of uh, Jim and I just high five each other and better. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you. Russ. So Russ, this is not the first time we've actually heard about MT Connect, obviously, but for the people out there across this country and in the, in the world that this might be the first exposure they've ever had to MT Connect. Can you break it down into, into layman's terms and really the most simplistic ideal of what this is doing? Sure. It's basically a language for machine communication. So if you have a bunch of different types of equipment on your factory floor, if you have a bunch of different brands of equipment, it's one common language that they can all speak. So it defines all sorts of different data about that equipment in a standard sort of a, a lingua franca universal language. Okay, so it's kind of like GNM code language that's universal. That's yep. how I understand, you know, a typical programming language. It's a language that is spoken to and utilized to extract data from your machine tools. Right. So just like with GNM codes, you may have uh, conversational programming built on top of them. You may have custom macro 
macros that are unique to one particular vendor or one particular control builder. Mm-hmm. Same thing with MT Connect. It's the underlying language is defining things about a piece of equipment. So in the machine tool space, that might mean spindle velocities are defined as rotational velocity, whereas movement in an X or Y axis is linear velocity. And those things are then standardized. So whether you have a FANUC or a Siemens control or a Mazak machine or an Okuma machine or a Makino machine or a Haas machine or any any other brand of equipment, mm-hmm. it's always the same terms, which is the same underlying language of the, the G codes and M codes that you're talking about. So what you're talking about, Russ, is that when you go to IMTS, if you view one of the new machines, they're going to have this really fancy millennial-ish interface that looks much like an iPad that you can use to control the machine tool. But what's underneath that, like Jim mentioned, is the coding that is going to be the foundation for that interface, much in the same way that MT Connect is going to be the interface for that communication with your machines. Right. So it's an underlying piece where there may not actually be anything that's using MT Connect directly when you're buying a machine. It may not use the standard for anything at the time of purchase. Right. But eventually, if you want to extract information, say, into a manufacturing execution system or something like that, you're saving time and money later where you don't have to write a series of translations from brand X to brand Y as you try and incorporate more and different equipment into that computer or IT system. It's like ordering a car with an option on it that you're not quite going to use yet, but you know that you will eventually. Sure. Or think yeah. the same thing, the car analogy, as a specification that you would get on a new machine, it's like having Bluetooth. You may not have a Bluetooth phone right now, but if you want to connect wirelessly to your stereo, you're going to want to get that Bluetooth option so that you know you have connectivity in the future. Yeah, because you don't want to have to go buy a Bluetooth headset and And have there be like 10 different ways for it to communicate with different devices. You want to have that one universal standard, which is what MT Connect brings to the table. Right. The idea is you're not getting 10 different headsets for 10 different CD players or phones or something else. So we kind of defined, I think, very well what this innovation does. So tell me, if I get this new machine, Russ... How do I start utilizing it to make my machine shop run better and more efficient and most importantly, save me money? Because as a machine shop owner, that's ultimately what I want to do is I want to see the dollar signs coming out of those machine tools rather than sucking them up. I want to make some money. That's why we're in business and we're taking the risk. Yeah, that's the million dollar question. That is really the million dollar question. So this might sound like a bit of a cagey answer, but the first thing that you can do really doesn't cost anything and doesn't doesn't take anything but time. And that's planning out what you want to know about your equipment in the first place. So whether you've already specified on MT Connect, whether you don't have any equipment that uses it, regardless, if you're exploring the industrial internet of things, you're looking at what might be the next generation way to manage a shop, think about what do you need that you could get from the equipment if it could talk that could help you run your business. So are you thinking about 
uptime and utilization? Are you thinking about reasons for downtime? Are you thinking about tool or material availability? Think about what questions you want to answer before you start doing anything else. And that doesn't cost you anything at all. It's just a look at your business of what do I know now? What do I always feel like I want to know? And then you get into, well, how would I find that information out? That's a great response. It was a little bit of a cagey response, but no, it's spot I think on. It broke it down. You need to plan ahead of time. Yeah. And I think that's great. Going back to you know sort of what Jim was talking about, what are the one or two pieces of data that you think that every manufacturing leader should know about what's happening on their shop floors from their machines, which they could get from that MT Connect standard? Uh, well, I won't necessarily speak from my own opinion, but I would say that based on what solutions are out there kind of built on top of MT Connect using MT Connect data, it's pretty clear that spindle hours is a key piece. So up knowing, and down time. Up and down time. If you haven't got a good sense of that, or if you're just kind of eyeballing the stack light, up and down time is the first thing to be looking at. Okay, what's number two? I see a lot of tool wear as an interest. I think mm -hmm. that that's a more challenging one to get. So you want to take the tool equipment. out before it breaks. Exactly. Right. So you want this data to tell you that there's potential of that tool to break before it does. Because just imagine if you've got a half inch or a five eighths diameter solid carbide drill going into a 300 series stainless steel, you don't want that solid carbide drill to break off after Absolutely. you've already plunged in by two and a half inches deep because now you've got a real problem. You've just wasted that drill in an expensive piece of material that... And, and you can't resharpen that. Just imagine if you did have the data in advance to say, based on the previous information we've extracted from this machine tool and what we know about solid carbide drills and 300 series stainless steel is we anticipate that that drill is probably going to fail in another two hours. Yeah. So what is the specific data that is being output via MT Connect in order to tell the leader, the manager of that machine tool, the user, whoever it is, that that tool is approaching its last period of time. So this is where we kind of get to want to have versus easy to get, right? So the, Sure. Spindle the, time is pretty basic. Right. So there's... You but know, this isn't basic. So there's about 300 data items in the MT Connect standard, give or take. I haven't read every single word and haven't memorized all the data items. But of those, spindle speed is something that's known as its own data item. If you want to know your tool breakage, that's going to require some calculation where you get a couple yeah, you of need multiple data pieces of data, string them together. So I think what we've seen with, again, deferring to what kind of solutions we've seen come out in the market, the reason that utilization and uptime has been widely commercialized and, and made available in a lot of different software packages is because that's a very straightforward piece of information to get. Something like tool breakage or tool wear or any kind of predictive maintenance sort of application is still kind of in the early days. At this point, I think we see that as sort of the holy grail of, of what the next big thing for getting data off of equipment and what we're going to do with it. I think in the real world where you're seeing kind of what kind of things are, are looked at after utilization, you go from what's the utilization to maybe downtime classification. So not just what is it, but why was it? Okay. It's sort of those incremental 
improvements. The tool wear or, or tool breakage detection or anticipating, all that stuff is still a little bit far to the future. I think that at IMTS, we may see some of that stuff on display. It's an open standard. I don't know everything that everybody is doing with MT Connect. So one of the things that I'm looking forward to at the show is kind of going around and asking these questions. Hey, what do you have for predictive maintenance? What do you have for condition monitoring? Is Have you moved beyond just up and down time? And how far have you moved beyond that with the commercial solutions? Right, because I mean, there's going to be other partners that lay on top of MT Connect, which are going to crunch the data, exactly. the output that comes from MT Connect in order to make those calculations to say, you got to change that tool. Yep. And they may be able to take data from a proprietary system that's all one brand, all everything locked down. They may also support MT Connect. I think that the the objective that we want around MT Connect and the message we're trying to put out is, yeah, we want you to standardize on MT Connect, but more importantly, don't get locked into one system that you won't be able to expand later. Because the guys that are rolling out this software, you know, I talked to somebody at MHub who's who's really interested in how do we incorporate some predictive models into our existing solution. They don't currently support MT Connect, but if they do in the future, that really opens up their market to how many different assets they can connect to, how much different equipment they can connect to. And for those companies that have already bought into kind of a vertically integrated locked-in solution, they're not going to have the option to hook up to that software because they don't have the standard open protocol on their equipment. So let's talk about that right now. So we're talking about standards. And Russ, tell me if I'm explaining this correctly. So when you have an open source platform like MT Connect, you're basically giving it to the world. So you're saying, here's our code and use it however you want to. One of the things that opens up to is that somebody can take that code and they can make some changes and then make it theirs and kind of go off into a different direction. The problem with that is that it closes them off of improvements that you make in the future, which is the open standard that a lot of other people are going to adopt and place software on top of. So I think it's really important when you're buying a new machine tool is to say, is this MT Connect or is it some other kind of proprietary platform that is not going to be open to a lot of the hundred third party vendors that are going to come out with like really innovative ways to manage your your machine tool. So it's really the machine tool has got to say MT Connect on it. Or if it doesn't, think about it and say, what is better for me? Is it better for me to be on the MT Connect open standard or is it better for me to be on a proprietary platform? And I think a good analogy is going back to the Bluetooth system. So right got Bluetooth in your car and your smartphone, right? But what do you want to do with that Bluetooth? Do you want to listen to music? Right. Do you want to listen to a podcast? Do you want to make a phone call? How do you want to utilize that technology? So it's having it and then what you're going to utilize it with. Yeah, right? that's a great analogy, Jim. Yeah. And let me come up with like a scenario. Let's just say that you're buying like a Lamborghini. And I know you've been out shopping for a Lamborghini. So let's talk about that. So let's just say Lamborghini doesn't want to do Bluetooth. And don't listen to Jason. Not my brand at all. <laughs> let's just say that Lamborghini... I drive a Buick. <laughs> I know you do. I'm just messing around. So let's just say Lamborghini doesn't want to do Bluetooth. They want to do like Lambo tooth, you know, right. or whatever. And Lambo tooth, they say is better than Bluetooth. You know, the clarity that you're going to get is going to be greater and all this other kind of stuff. But with Lambo tooth, you're going to have to buy Lambo tooth headphones or you're going 
going to have to have a Lambo tooth phone and you're not going to be able to connect your Bluetooth phone to that connection. Or if they make improvements to Bluetooth that become better than Lambo tooth, all of a sudden now you're behind the times and you can't adopt to those things. So would that be kind of a a little bit of an analogy to what we're talking about? Yeah. And that's universal to all standards. I mean, the proprietary standard that that came out a while ago was FireWire. A lot of digital cameras used it. Apple was really strongly behind it. A current case is there's a ton of debate about do we want to go USB-C or do we want to go with something else? And so we see it all the time in consumer hardware. I think one of the things that's changing in one of the areas where manufacturing leaders need to kind of up their understanding, you know, you don't have to be an expert in this stuff. You just have to understand that the IT world is getting closer and closer to the factory world. Oh, absolutely. And having a basic understanding of things like how do I pick a standard or a set of standards that's going to work? How do I pick open versus closed? How do I understand a little bit about how I would connect up my stuff to each other and connect my stuff to another system or a network? I think the basics of that are are not too difficult to understand, even for the oldest of old school manufacturing guys. Yeah, so I'm going to call you out a little bit on this, Jim. So you've got you've got a little bit of a mix of machine tools in your plant. And I don't want to mention brands, but you actually have a couple of new machines, some of which are operating on the OpenMT Connect platform. And then you've got some other machine or machines that are not on that OpenMT Connect platform. And so for you, if you want to say, I want to collect spindle time for all of my machines, mm-hmm. you're going to have to get two pieces of software, one for the open source MT Connect, and then one for your closed proprietary yep. system. So that's going to be a bit of a challenge for you to be able to do that. From what I understand, it's not going to be too much of a inconvenience. It's just, it's not the same thing. But it's not the same thing. You're it's right. It's not the same I, thing. I'm not saying you can't do it. I know you can. Right. But I'm just saying you can't think of it as I'm going to have this one piece of software for everything in my shop because you've got these two standards at this point. The and, way and I that, look at and Jim, it. Jim, and I think, sorry to cut you off. No, no. I think that that you're similar. I would say probably most of the manufacturing companies, 80% of the manufacturing companies out there have that same issue that you have they sure as do. far as this goes. Yeah. And I think, again, it goes back to, is your machinery and equipment 20 years old or is it two years old? Right. Because the, I guarantee you the 20-year-old equipment is not going to have that technology. No, then you have things that you can add on top of right. it. But even for the ones that are, a, even if you buy two machine tools that are brand new, one could have the OpenMT Connect standard and the other one could have a closed proprietary similar platform. You're absolutely right. Is that correct, Russ? Yeah, you're absolutely right with all of that. And Jim's situation is totally typical. The legacy equipment, the open standard, empty connect, a, a standards-based approach makes it easier to integrate that old equipment when you get there. It's not realistic that you're going to have you know, 400 machines that are all empty connect tomorrow. I, I don't think that we're talking about that kind of a wholesale swap, but Go with the standards-based approach. Understand that you do want to get information out of these and you know, address the legacy equipment down the road. Speaking of old machines, how can we adopt MT Connect and just attaining that data from some of our older machines that don't have that? So this, the same approach applies where you're looking at get the standard supported on that equipment. The thing that's different, and you alluded to this, is you basically need to add a little bit on top. So if you have a controller that doesn't really have enough computing horsepower to actually run a software driver on it for MT Connect, you're going to want to get an extra box. So, you know, the Google search terms for this is MT Connect adapter. As you do that search for, you know, you need to be talking to vendors. There's a bunch of options for black boxes. They run the gamut from really, really cheap and sort of thin on features to really, really expensive and 
and, and full featured. So You just mentioned something that I have in my questions. Is this technology expensive, Russ? Well, the standard itself doesn't cost anything, right. but that's a somewhat unfair answer. The application and the implementation of it that you're actually going to see as a customer there is no real set price for what it's going to cost. Some places it's totally free. Some places it's going to be a charge up front. Some places it's a maintenance charge to, to get a service call to install it on a machine. It really depends a lot on the exact vendor and the exact implementation. And I think that the reality is that that, is changing a lot and mm -hmm. really, really quickly. So I'm kind of hesitant to say what the pricing looks like or what the cost model for trying to implement this is because it's different shop by shop and it's also really changing quickly. So pricing that was accurate six months ago isn't really reflected today anymore. Well, another thing too is how can attendees at IMTS 2018 get more information about this technology because I think that's the ideal place for a machine shop owner who's thinking about utilizing this technology in their in their plants that's the ideal place to get information. So there's vendors in all four halls of McCormick Place that will have MT Connect based solutions, whether that's a machine builder that's actually baking it into their equipment, or whether it's a company that's just got a software solution, or whether it's a tooling company that wants to, to incorporate with the rest of the equipment. So all the halls have places where you can look for MT Connect. Basically, this is a conversation to be having with the exhibitors. If you're more looking for a dedicated sort of educational type experience, we'll right. be in the student summit the whole week doing sort of basic presentations on this is what it is this is what it means that's a little bit more targeted at students and educators so i think if you're if you're shopping for solutions stick with talking to the vendors if you're looking for educational or student oriented options then get head for the student summit and there'll be demos as well as presentations all week down and there. is there anything online there to tee it up for the attendees before they come not explicitly for mt connect i would say check out mtconnect.org there's a list of vendors that support it there. Take a quick inventory of what you've got. And if you have no idea whether your equipment supports the standard, that's something worth figuring out. Sure. Or just head around to the current builders and talk to them about, hey, I'm looking at MT Connect. What do you have in terms of options that you offer yourselves? Who are you partnering with? Is there somebody else I need to be talking to? So, you know, talk to the guys that build your equipment and they'll, they'll lead you in the right direction. Sure. I think the message is if you're in the market to buy a new machine tool, it is absolutely something that you should make sure that you have because if you're not going to even be using it in the next one year or two years, you're going to be using it in five for sure. Yeah, and start analyzing your spindle time. I mean, start with that. So Russ, it's been a pleasure having you on. I wish we could talk some more. I feel like there's just so much about MT Connect and just the digitization of well said, uh, manufacturing that job. needs to be explored, that we need to take this to the next level as manufacturing leaders. So I, I would love to talk about it more. I know that there's a ton more questions that people have. And if you do have more questions about MT Connect, about digitization, please get a hold of Jim and I. We'd be happy to take those questions in. We'd love hearing back from the metalworking nation and, and really finding out what's keeping you up at night and if it's what to do with MT Connect or how to take digitization on your shop floor to the next level so that you can improve your business. Let's talk about it. Yeah, Let don't us be, know. Don't be intimidated by it. It's going to be something that's going to have to be done eventually. So just you know, start, open up the conversation, start talking to your peers, talk to Russ. Russ, how can people talk yeah, to you about it? Yeah, or just let us know, Jim. Ask us a question and we will get that question answered by Russ and we'll talk about it on Making Chips. Because Wonderful. If you have idea. If you have that question, there's a thousand other people that have that same question. As the saying goes, there's no dumb questions about MT Connect.
Well, that's a saying now, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was never going to say. I've never heard that one before. Yeah, the easiest way to get me, the easiest one to remember is just email me, info at mtconnect.org. That goes to me, even though it's a generic address. What about LinkedIn? Can they link yeah, in sure, with you? Yeah, sure. Send me a LinkedIn invite. Uh, spell your name. It's R-U-S-S-W-A-D-D-E-L-L. Are you sure there's two L's at the end? I'm positive there's two L's. Well, thank you, Russ. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Russ. Appreciate it. Wow, Jason. Great information. You know, this is not really the first time we've really done some interviews on this and you know we've done some digitization panels and moderated yeah, we did a those. five hour panel wow. discussion know, one time but, you know i swear every time i i hear about it it's digging deep but i i get a little bit more piece of information that equips me to make my the dots run. start getting connected you, a little bit no more. you're absolutely right you're absolutely right so i hope that the information that jason and i are bringing to you today and these wonderful guests that we're having on the show are doing the same thing to you as well and they're equipping you with knowledge and inspiring you to run your machine shop or your manufacturing facility just a little bit better than you did last week Absolutely. Well said. Thank you. With that, bam. As always, thank you for listening to the Making Chips podcast. You need to increase the speed and feed of your business. If you're not elevating your manufacturing leadership, you're going to get left behind. The metalworking nation is committed to a new way to stay ahead of the competition. We have more content to help you make and elevate at makingchips.com. Gain access to exclusive content, as well as videos, blogs, show notes, and more resources designed to equip and inspire you. We'll see you next time. He is kind of like the bass player, isn't he? Kind of in the background, don't really need him. I actually say that I used to play bass, so, but yeah, I did. Yeah, I used to, um, what do they call it, slap at the bass?